Friday, March 12th. It's one year from when we started our, well, when we did our first podcast on this topic. It was Friday, March 13th. The numbers today, 1,371 cases, new cases in Ontario, 371, no, that's not right. Oh, it is 371 cases in Toronto. There you go. Today. And there's something new to be paying attention to now, and that is variants of concern. Did variants of concern exist the last time we podcasted? Oh, yeah, yeah. We talked about that. Okay, so um, the science table, the COVID-19 advisory for Ontario science table, has now uh, an Ontario dashboard for the variants of concern. And they are reporting that 41% of the new cases in Ontario right now are variants of concern. And the scary part is that even though our our number for COVID has been around one or just below one in Ontario, which is good. If it's below one, that means the numbers are going to keep going down. If it's above one, the numbers keep going up. So we've been doing pretty good with our overall R number, but the R value for the variance of concern is 1.26 right now and it's 1.06 for a regular old COVID what do we call it OG COVID I think they're Stanley Brown actually referred to it as old variants did he call it something here they're calling it early variants. early variants there you go yeah that's just sounds boring we (laughs) can do something (laughs) better than that um yeah so that's that's the sitch. Uh, it doesn't look good. So they also have graphs where they break apart the new variants of concern and the early variants. And the early variant graph, like, uh, I mean, we're doing quite well. It looks pretty it's flat. or in the orange zone. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at the new variants of concern, it's a line going up at like a 50 degree angle it's just pretty straight up it's in the yellow zone exponentially and it's just shooting up yeah shooting up yeah staney brown said we are you know (coughs) he referred to it as two pandemics like the old the early variants and the new variants like you could you we should be thinking of them as two Mm -hmm. things our current measures that like the current processes are keeping the early variants at bay but not the new variants mm-hmm. that's that's how we have to think so i think it. that's why they launched this website to try and make that clear mm-hmm. <gasps> excuse me um yeah so that's what's happening now but we really were podcasting tonight because it's been a year since our first podcast and we wanted to just go back and listen and see if we sounded ridiculous and what (laughs) struck us as crazy and i don't know i just let out a big yawn now which is funny because i yawned through the whole (laughs) first podcast so yeah it's like some things just stay the same yeah 
Okay, ready. Yeah. I took notes. You, you took you know this, but we both listen. We both re-listened to it this afternoon. But yeah, mm-hmm. Tanya took notes. So you. So can what struck through. me mm-hmm. the most was that I was talking about how things were moving so fast. We were trying to remember what had happened like that morning, the Friday morning, and like I couldn't remember. It just seemed too long ago. Mm-hmm. And so much information was coming at us. States of emergency were being declared. Things were being closed. Cases were racing around the world. And at work, we just got told that we were we weren't going back to work. Like we were supposed to work from home. Avery's school had what they said the March break was going to be yeah. extended for. At that point, did they two say two weeks. weeks? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you had a line in there about how kids were going to have to. Parents were going to have to keep their kids entertained for the next three weeks. Three weeks, yeah, right. And then it was like eight months. (laughs) How many months was it? Before they went back to school? April, May, June, July, August. Five and a half. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I just, that, I don't feel like that's true anymore. Things have slowed down. We've, like... I don't know. The disillusionment has just settled in and we just sit with a lot of inaction from our governments. I mean, there's the change of like, now you're locked down, now you're not locked down, now you're locked down, now you're not locked down. But the change, but, but those changes still seem to happen much slower. Yeah. It's like you get a warning on a Friday like and then you're going to be locked down on Wednesday. And yeah. Like, that's the thing that struck me is how quick they moved then, right? The numbers yeah. at that one year ago, it w- we were at 100, did you say 171 cases in Canada? In Canada, Ontario yeah. Ontario was, was like around 80. 80, and they, that was where they said, and at the time it was m- all, I think we were still saying all the cases were linked to travel outside the country. Yeah, that's what they were saying yeah, who in knows? public. I, I Probably feel there was like behind... Spread. Oh, there was definitely community spread. But were Even they people knew. aware of it, maybe? And they were just... Right. I don't know. Yeah, but we... You and I talking on this podcast one year ago did not think yeah. that there was community spread. I had a line in there... That was like, I still felt like safe. I had this feeling that we were like secure. We being yeah. like Ontario, like maybe it wasn't going to get us somehow. It, well, it totally felt like, I mean, if there was truly not community spread and if they drop the hammer mm-hmm. in theory and start tracing every case. Yeah, like we could have ev- been tied we could have been Vietnam. Every w- yeah, if every case was accounted for and they kind of you know, if everything was travel related, we could have avoided. Yeah. That something. But, but uh, that's that's not what happened. No. <laughs> but that's how we were thinking. You're right. That was the feeling I think we had. We were nervous. I mean, that's not what I was thinking because I didn't know those things at that time. Yeah. That's one of the things that's really frustrated me over the year. As I've learned so much about public health and about how epidemics work and about the measures used to control them. And now with my like 
Twitter education, mm-hmm. a year of Twitter education, if you drop me back and made me in charge of like, like made the me response, yeah. David Williams, yeah. I bet I could have done a better job yeah. <laughs> like with what I know now after a year, which is very frustrating because the amount that actual professionals know about this stuff is ridiculous. And they were just ignored and ignored and ignored. And and even I was reading an article today about Doug's Ford response and about how at the beginning he was really praised for his strong and quick action. Mm-hmm. As we were even like, wow, I can't yeah. believe we have to <laughs> say good things about Doug Ford. Yeah. And then like they even not only like they stopped listening to people, but also they didn't even listen to themselves. And they would like say they were going to do things like we're going to put an iron ring around the long term care homes and then do nothing. Not even not even force homes to obey basic health measures. Anyways. Yeah. That's frustrating. So, yeah, I just I there was a lot at a year ago. There was a lot known about public health and epidemics that we like, we just didn't know about. Things that they should have been starting right from the get-go that they didn't do. Mm. That then they should have been doing during lockdown that they didn't do. That then they should have been doing over the summer that they didn't do. And then we got hit with the second wave and now we're just about to start a third wave. Yeah. Yeah, like right now, if you compare... One year ago, the response, like we had just the smallest number of cases, but everything got shut down. Mm -hmm. And now we can like, over the last week, we've been watching the third wave start. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. we're in the third wave now. And it's basically what was predicted, I think, by Stanley Brown. I would say now two, two, um, you know, does he do updates every two weeks? Yeah. Yeah. So four weeks ago mm-hmm. what he before we even came out of lockdown before we even came out of lockdown he said yeah right right before we came out of lockdown he showed the graph of where this was going to go right how this was going to change probably mm-hmm. w- w- when like these new variants of concern and when it should start to take off and it's mm-hmm. basically right on that prediction like it's it's mid-march we're starting to see it go up yeah. So in some ways, like we're in the same position now as we were then. Yeah. About to hit a wave of kind of a new pandemic. Yeah. But and like wondering what. But like the psychology about it. of the psychology of it is a lot different. Of the population, like we just came out of lockdown. Like they, it's going to be so hard for them to, s- like we're still in lockdown, but we yeah. just came out of what what's it called home. Uh, Home stay, order? stay at home order was just lifted but you know and now we're in gray for them to go back to stay at home like that's all they can yeah. do is go back to stay at home order yeah. for toronto and it's just going to be so unlikely for them i mean to that's that. not all they can do like what else can people we can have a real lockdown like people have been calling ontario's lockdowns mockdowns right because they don't come with a curfew they don't come with any kind of like checkpoints or things that they were that they've done in europe Mm 
And I'm not saying they should do that, but I'm saying they could do that. And if the new variants are harder to stop, and since lockdown is the only measure that Ontario seems to be willing to enact, I don't know, we might have to do something crazy. Unless vaccines just get here real, real fast. I mean, like, I think we're going to end up in a third wave. And yeah, I think we're all going to be crossing our fingers at the vaccines, you know, just temper it the yeah. wave. But you mentioned psychology. Psychology was another thing. Our our understanding of like how to deal with a pandemic was so non-existent. And, and we were just talking about everything closing and we were just talking to each other about like, do you think Avery could have a play date over <laughs> March break? Like, can someone come home? And then yeah. you said, you said, I mean, no one would think that's unreasonable. Yeah. Was your quote. <laughs> and then we were talking about how they hadn't banned large gatherings yet, like over 250 yeah. people. And I said, well, I don't think they can. <laughs> I don't think they can ban it. So, and I remember like over the course of that week, the first week of lockdown, like every day you just like, understood a little bit more like the reality of the situation and the park started closing and you're like okay we are locked we are locked down yeah now yeah that was much more of a lockdown than a mockdown a lot of workplaces were closed yeah yeah and good too because i mean i think what sort of happened what could have happened more with more government involvement is that during the first lockdown we learned how to live more in a pandemic we all got good masks we learned how to distance you know like workplaces got better ventilation we got air filters with HEPA filters we got plexiglass shields we got you know like these things that then allowed us to start doing things we couldn't do last March, mm-hmm. but now do them safer. Yes. And so, you know, it, it, we shouldn't have to lock down as much as in March, unless of course it's more transmissible and those same measures don't work. Yeah. And remember, the other thing that stuck with me was we said, you know, our expectation for how long this thing was going to go on for. Yes. So we said, what, we three to six months? weeks and months. Yeah. I think I said three months, at like some yeah. number of months. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that could have been how it was. If you look at the Atlantic provinces, they got to have Christmas could have been because in the summer when you look at the cases man in the summer we had almost almost no cases yeah like what an opportunity to really get surveillance testing going to really build up contact tracing to really understand where every single case was yeah and prevent a second wave 
Oh, I feel I feel that pang of like what could have been every time I look at that graph and see that li- just months of so hardly weird. anything. There there yeah, what was the lowest point? Was it like in the in the, but was it I below 100? Know. Yeah, it oh was. Oh yeah, it well was, below 100. Like, like it might have been below like like 30. On, like the Ontario number, yeah. the new cases per day. Yeah. Yeah. That's right cuz we said if it hits 100 we should seriously consider, consider not taking Avery, Avery out of Avery school. <laughs> in school. Oh my gosh! And the it things was we said on this podcast. And then it was like at three hundred or four hundred by the time he even started school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, something else we talked about were early predictions, early models. The CDC back then, the CDC was talking. Mm-hmm. saying things mm-hmm. they had predicted a few scenarios and they were predicting somewhere between 200,000 and 2.3 million deaths mm-hmm. and currently there are 531,000 deaths in the US mm. and it will keep going up for a while um and then whoever who who did we listen to on Joe Rogan that week? Michael Oster Home. Home. Yeah. Um, he was saying that ninety six million infections in the U.S. was possible, and I checked today, and it says twenty nine point three million on hmm. the New York Times. But, like, I think especially at the beginning of the pandemic. Tons and tons of cases were missed because right. of poor planning. No one was testing. I mean, poor testing. Yeah, they weren't testing in the U.S. Um, well. And their tests were faulty for a long time. And yeah. So surely 29.3 million is an underestimate. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The other, <laughs> the other part of our conversation last year that just made me go, oh, <laughs> was when we were talking about all the rhetoric around like the flu is worse than covid uh-huh. and and we were just like talking about how we can't understand how people could think this way and i said every hour that must be less people that believe <laughs> this and then a year later a year later it's still you still hear that it's still it's like an entrenched ideological yeah. thing now yeah mask burnings and the whole thing yeah didn't see that coming and then i said it's human nature to be in denial and you said it's human nature to be risk averse and i think i I think mine oh wins that day yeah yeah in this case it's definitely the yeah i see there was a really good um well i can't remember what it was with with Malcolm Gladwell and he talked about denial and how anything that happens, there's always this like range of people, like everyone, there's a bell curve of denial basically. And like, there's Mm -hmm. some people at every stage and you just have to let people work through the denial, their stage of denial. Yeah. Something else we talked about, um, last Friday, March 13th was about stocking up. We were really worried about getting Caden's medical supplies 
and I had talked about going to the pharmacy to order extra medication and I know that I had put in I ordered like six months worth of <laughs> supplies um, from our med supplier and but we ended up not having supply issues we were always able to get everything yeah the global supply chains like there were the odd there were like obviously toilet paper and a lot of grocery store staples had trouble staying stocked at the beginning when people changed their buying habits suddenly. Mm-hmm. But there weren't big global supply chain issues that we were worried about. Yeah. Which is I guess masks. Amazing. I mean, I guess masks were like for the first while, but then people started cranking out. But is it I guess Yeah, people started cranking them out. Mm-hmm. Now you can get masks. Now you can get very good masks. There's all there's a new thing. There's CA95, mm. which are like made in Canada N95 masks that are kind of like I don't think they're like for hospital use, but it's like a KN95, but mm-hmm. made in Canada. Hmm. Apparently they're very comfy. Hmm. I was thinking of ordering some, but yeah. we still have a ton of very uncomfortable KN95 <laughs> masks. Kay. But like at the beginning of the pandemic, we're like a month into it, I guess, when Caden got sick and we were scrounging for PPE and we couldn't get anything. Yeah. Or it was so hard to find things. And now you can just order, go online and order whatever. Whatever you want. Yeah. What else? What else? We commented that the whole city will be living our life. Right. With the lockdown. Yeah. Like we and don't like people can't like, because, you know, we're pretty homebound. Yeah. And... So other people can't go out to restaurants or shows and other people can't go on vacations either. Your life is now just go to the park and you come home. And I have felt that way. Go for a walk. And the petty jealous side of me is like not looking forward to everything opening Mm. up because Mm. I mean our life will our life shut down from what it had been and it will open up from what it has been, but mm-hmm. not to the same degree as everybody else's. No. Yeah. So, yeah. That is. But, and I think we also mentioned that we would deal better with the lockdown, which just cause we were kind of used to, being locked down and I don't know like the beginning was really hard because we didn't have any help yeah. with the kids yes I had to get rid of extra help yeah and then we decided against that now and part of the reason is because we come to realize that care for Caden is essential care and so people who can care for Caden, we let in our home. But the other part is we understand a lot more about transmission yeah. and PPE is more available. And so everyone that comes in has 
yeah, like proper PPE, yeah, yeah, good mask. Nini has goggles, like, yeah. so we can also do it safer. I think that's pretty much my notes. You know, the number that we should post is what percent of Ontario's population now has um, has been vaccinated. Is that something that's oh, listed? Oh, it's around two. It's on How's My Flattening, right? Yeah, it's on How's My is Flattening. It three, has it hit 3% yet? No, just 2%. I don't think so. Did you just look it up? No, no, no. I just... I think the last time I checked, it was like 2.5% maybe. Yeah, it's creeping up real slow. 2.44% of the eligible population. 43,503 vaccine doses given yesterday. But last week, I think, right, they they announced, or a couple weeks ago now, they announced that by the first day of summer, they think... Everyone in Ontario uh, who wants... I wouldn't call that an announcement. Let me just finish the... Yeah. The, the <laughs> it was everyone who wants the first dose should get it by the first day of summer. Would you call that an announcement or would you call that a... A dream? No, I think they wouldn't say that unless they had a plan. Like, I think they have a plan to get it there i think like based on based on the number well at least based on the number of doses of vaccine they expect to get which is huge like that's a big change so that was an actual announcement today was it is that canada is getting a million doses of pfizer vaccine a week uh-huh from like march 22nd to may 10th or something okay a million of Pfizer a week in addition to Everything a bunch else. of Moderna and yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had, yeah, like w it seemed like the vaccinations were going, the getting the vaccine was very slow at the beginning, but I feel like all of a sudden it's going to be like a ridiculous, like it should just. Yeah. And you think Ontario is going to be able to actually get those into arms? Well, now they it's down to, now it's going to be down to the health units, right? It's going to be up to Toronto to do not Toronto. just like so ontario was trying to launch like build this vaccine registration website or whatever yeah. samir sinna is he a uhn yeah. guy so no he, he's not but but he's a geri he's a geriatrician yeah and he was very angry today on twitter he said that the ontario government surprised launched that site that oh. they said was going to be up on the 15th and then it like crashed yeah. and that to me feels like the Ontario response that we've come to expect. It's I see. I think that's okay. Like obviously, there's going to be these kinds of challenges, but it's like we didn't even think we were gonna have doses of vaccine till like July. Like I was getting, you know, we're thinking about going to a cottage in July. I didn't think up until like two weeks ago. I didn't think we like everyone at the cottage would be vaccinated. Now I think there's a very good chance everyone will be vaccinated. At least half vaccinated. Or, yeah, first dose vaccinated mm -hmm. by the time we go there. Like, it feels like it could happen. Yeah. It takes time to ramp up. I can forgive them for... You're kind and generous. I'm not feeling that way. <laughs> <laughs> What's... Yeah, it is a little crazy that this... what Like... The website, for God's sakes, they could have been building the, a website 
six months ago. Like where? Like what did they actually do all summer? I don't know. If they weren't building people any capacity for anything, were they just ringing? They're their fighting hands? fires. I think people were fighting fires. Like I think all the way along, people are worried about the next thing, the thing that's coming next week. No one was thinking far enough out. You know, it's it's. I think. Yeah, it's. Oh, tough. I'm sorry, listeners. You can't see me shaking my head. <laughs> All right. I think we. I think we did it. We reminisced. Yeah. No. Do you have a joke? On the I do. Okay. Good. I do have a joke. Okay. So. Someone posted on Twitter. Uh, I asked my mom if she had any side effects from the vaccine, and she reported an acute appreciation for science. <laughs> that's cute it's nice timely good okay good night good night